Welcome to Creative Aperture, the podcast focused on what it means to be a creative. Today on the show, I've got two good friends of mine, Eric Floberg and Aaron Bean. They're absolutely amazing filmmakers and photographers, and the things they brought up were very insightful and interesting. Topics range from how they got into filmmaking and photography, long-term creative goals, and how the worldwide pandemic has affected their business. We also got into talking about how they've been coping with being stuck inside all day and how they plan to get back into business as usual once everything settles back to normal. It's a great conversation, and I know you'll get something out of it. Just as a bit of a side note, we had a little bit of a technical issue, and so there's some slight delay and cross-bleed into Aaron Bean's audio track. It's nothing crazy, but just wanted to give you a heads up. All right, on to the show. All right, so today we've got Eric and Aaron, Eric Floberg and Aaron Bean. They're two uh, wedding filmmakers and photographers based out of Chicago, and I thought I'd get them on the show. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've done an episode, and since we're all in quarantine, I have nothing better to do. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, you guys are both um, creative people, very creative people. Um, and you guys do a lot of stuff within photo and video and specifically in wedding stuff. So I thought we'd kind of talk about that as well as a few other things like YouTube, um, kind of how the coronavirus has impacted everything and all that. But let's kind of start with um, y'all's creative background, whoever wants to start first. Kind of when did you guys first pick up a camera and how did you kind of progress to where you are now? Well, I actually didn't start doing anything like photo video related until college. Hmm. I, well, hmm. or like last my last year of high school, like senior year of oh. high school. I oh. like my parents were like, "All right, we just got a bunch of money from our grandmother dying, so we're going to buy you a computer and you're going to figure out your <laughs> life." And so I I had got a MacBook Pro and I started just like making stupid videos just on the camera on the MacBook oh, wow. Pro. Oh wow. And then I had my parents had this like little VHS or like recorder you know just a video recorder uh camcorder that is and i just started shooting stupid videos on that with my friends and eventually i was like you know what i want to make movies <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to college in a big city in chicago and i'm going to just network my tail off and eventually start making movies because a degree is not gonna like i'm not gonna walk up to a director or somebody who wants to make a video and be like here's my degree <laughs> hire me they're going to be like, wait, we want to see your portfolio. We want to see your reel. So I was like, I'm just going to go to a big city and start making stuff. So that's what I did. I moved to Chicago. I ran into someone who made wedding films. He was like, hey, buy a camera and start working with me. So I did. And that's how that all started. Wow. So is that – is wedding films currently like your long-term kind of goal? Or is, are you trying to actually get into like – making films and making more narrative based stuff versus like wedding and like commercial type stuff i want i want to do like a healthy mix of both because i'm a super social hyper extroverted person and so meeting new people and especially when you throw me in a room of 150 people i don't know it like it's exhilarating and i love it and i love love and i and i love the freedom of a wedding day and i love the just the fun part and so I want to I want to do that and then also have some commercial work on the side because I think that will ultimately cover all of my bases financially but also 
that's where I find the most joy. Yeah. Interesting. How about for you, Eric? I, uh, I similarly started making stupid videos just way earlier as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was probably around the age of, of 10 when I picked up my parents' camcorder. But it wasn't until seventh grade when I had a Spanish class project and I had a friend who knew how to use Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> so I watched him uh, direct and edit the whole thing. I had no idea that you could actually edit uh, as you know ar- around the time where home computers were gave the ability to edit. And so once I saw that in action, I was like, oh man, I have to, to keep doing this. Yeah. So every year after that, I kept making dumb videos for classes and making stupid videos with friends that um, went into my college years and uh, my parents gifted me with a crop sensor DSLR in 2011 hmm. and subsequently shot my first wedding that year oh, wow. because I had a high school friend who saw all the stupid videos I made and she's like, oh, you, you, know, how to, you know how to do video, right? You want to film my sister's wedding? I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Nice. And what's funny is I shot that wedding with a friend who had more experience in the videography world. And I haven't kept up with him, but I literally, since quarantine, was like scrolling through his Instagram. And he was camera up on uh, Justin Bieber's latest music video. Oh, wow. (laughs) So he's like L.A. big time camera up now. Dang. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So did you guys first start with photo or video? Because like for, for me, I I was always into photo first, and that was something my mom had always been like, hey, you're good at that, you should do it. And I was just like, no. Um, and then uh, it wasn't until I found Peter McKinnon on YouTube, and he was only at like 100,000 subscribers, and I was like, oh, photography can actually be cool. And so I started playing around with that, and then I kind of learned about you know filmmaking and cinematography through kind of through that avenue. But what was your all's kind of approach to this kind of photo video world? Oh shoot! I well, I I strictly was video for hmm. years. Like I almost never played with photo, and I actually thought photography was boring and dull <laughs> and um, not something worth pursuing because I the only photography that I'd ever seen was what my mom did, mm. which was like, okay, everybody smile at the camera in church <laughs> at night right. with the flash on, and I was like, if that's photography, like no thank yeah. you, uh, and so that's the only real evidence I had. So I, I literally was like, I'm only going to do video. Mm. Uh, and when I started doing weddings, I literally was only video. Like I, I told people like, I will not do photo, but then eventually it's like, well, I got the camera A good friend was like, Hey, like, can you do photo? And I was like, I guess sure. And so I started doing photo as well, but I'm still like 70% video, 30% photo, maybe even like 80% video. Like I am like, yeah, like hardcore video and it's i it simply comes down to the fact of like i'm just better at video than i'm yeah. photo yeah and it's because i prefer video than over photo i'd right. say i started taking photos of my friends once i got that crop sensor dslr every trip and fun event we had i would just take photos just shooting on jpeg kind of getting used to what the camera was and how it worked yeah what was funny is I thought just because, you know, and this is the train of thought of a lot of beginners is just because I got the new camera, everything would just look better, <laughs> which it did minutely, but right. uh, really had no idea what the 180 rule was, any kind of filmmaking basics, yeah. even through the first three or even four years of 
filming weddings. You know, I was that guy that was blowing highlights, shooting at 30 frames per second. <laughs> like, but I still was cranking out enough work and story. Uh, I had a background in music, cutting the footage to music. Right. That it was still appealing to people. Hmm. So I kind of grew both at the same time. I started learning the, the technical parts of photography more than the technical parts of filmmaking. Right. And I really only think in the past, like, three to four years I've where I finally came around to like ag- agreeing that I needed to beef up my, uh, my filmmaking skills, the technical parts yeah. that w- once I did that and then combined the ability to cut a good film together and tell a good story. Yeah. That's when things started. I feel like taking my, f- my films to the next level. All the while, I think my photography was growing, um, in the years prior to that. Um, it was, it's really just kind of been 50-50 the whole course of the way. And year to year, it changes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Would you, so would you say that you're more comfortable with photo than video? At this point, I feel pretty equal okay. on the two. Interesting. Uh, where, whereas three years ago, I would have said, oh, I'm way more comfortable with photography. Right. Uh, I was way more insecure about filmmaking. Right. Now I know at least all of the the hard basics right. and I feel like once you get past that point even just have an idea of you know some of the things that you would maybe only do on a commercial set or for, right. you know, for a show or an actual you know film set at least if, if I like have an idea of what that is I still have the confidence to you know like be in the same room as all of the other professionals in in my industry right and not feel, you know, cause I would sit in a room of like really talented wedding filmmakers three years ago and just be like, I know nothing. <laughs> and this is embarrassing actually. Right. Um, which isn't necessarily bad. I really do think that I look at, I always look at someone like Peter McKinnon it's like not Peter McKinnon, um, Casey Neistat, like you, you could look at his whole career and just be like, maybe he knows all the fundamentals, <laughs> but he just like throws them by the wayside right. and and really just cares about story more than anything. Yeah. And while that won't really fly in making like a Hollywood film, uh, clearly you can have a lot of success in letting story be um, king. Yeah. And, and finding a different avenue like YouTube to then, you know, uh, showcase the work. So Yeah, interesting. So long term, what are you guys seeing as, as creative goals? Um, obviously... Um, Aaron, you said that you kind of want to kind of have a healthy mix of both. Um, but, you know, what are what are some goals that you have as far as professionally, as far as creative goals for both your filmmaking as well as like general, you know, creative profession? Hmm. <laughs> it's a kind of a kind of a big question there. <laughs> well, I'm debating. I'm like, what? Yeah. You want me to take it? Yeah, take that one first. Yeah. I have a lot of goals in mind that are kind of ethereal. I don't really, uh, I, I still don't feel like I'm at a place in my creative career where I've like locked down exactly what I want the finish line to be. Hmm. And everybody I think is kind of in that place, but there's plenty of creative folks that you run into that are just like, no, this is my hard goal. Like I want to be here by this time. I, I don't really have any of those kinds of goals or plans for myself just because I don't, I don't know what the creative evolution of my job is going to be in living in times that we're living in right now. We're finding ourselves having to evolve so much with what we do and what we lean into. Uh, You know, 
uh, in years past, I was booking 25 to 30 weddings a year. And that was, I could easily live off that and save and all sorts. I mean, like making a very good income doing that. Um, but I'm very happy with the fact that I started diversifying my income as a creative by stepping into YouTube, by stepping into education and doing a couple of other things. Cause I find myself now, like I never, you know, but tons of wedding photographers and filmmakers are like, Oh yeah. Our, our job is recession proof because <laughs> everyone still gets married. Right. Yeah. We might charge less, but we'll still have a job. Right. No, you know, None of, none of us knew some in this is every industry right now right. but the idea of pandemic or war like can c- completely cripple your ability to make things right. and so you start to become introspective and realize okay and i'm in the process right now of realizing okay is is what i'm making right now really fulfilling the artistic side of me yeah no i don't i don't think it is right now hmm. i know i have so much more of a capacity to create something uh, to create other things that have so much more impact right. and could have so much more impact on the world. Mm-hmm. And a time like right now is a great time to sit back, refocus, because there is n- there is a- absolutely nothing wrong with making what I kind of call like cotton candy style content. Right. Of like, that, it's fun. It just is. Right. Like, it's fun to make a sweet B-roll video, whatever. Right. You know, like, who, it's just fun. And that's okay. And you can look at that and judge it and say that, oh, this is like, this isn't nourishing anybody's creative or artistic goals or, you know, whatever. But it is still something that's fun to do. It's something that helps pay the bills. It's something that fosters that business side of my, uh, my creative business. But long term, I see myself really wanting to do like documentary work. I'm still, I'm in the process of editing my, my first documentary of running uh, a marathon last year yeah. and I'm very excited to, to be able to share that yeah. and I'm I'm really looking forward to do so now I'm just at a I'm at a place in my career now now that I have a YouTube channel working with different brands I could start having the potential right to uh, to start telling more stories like that yeah I was actually so. just thinking of your uh, documentary last night I was running and I was finishing up the run and all of a sudden for some reason just like I was like trying to remember the name of it I was like oh yeah I was qualified I was trying to think and I was like oh when is that coming out and so it's just kind of funny that you mentioned it now but yeah 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 and it's still like I've barely started editing it but um also this time has made me realize that I need to take my time on making things the right way yeah and I think I deal a great bit with uh this kind of concept idea of like hurry sickness of like wanting to just pump things out for the sake of pumping them out to stay relevant. And that could just be just absolute death to your creativity and your artistry. Yeah. So, uh, while I, I know this documentary isn't going to be like a cinematic masterpiece by any means, (laughs) like we're shooting on a GoPro and stuff like there's, which I kind of love. I love that rough and raw. And there's also, you know, pocket 4k footage that'll look beautiful too. Right. But really what I care about is story. I want it to like make people's chests swell yeah. with, you know, like that feeling when they watch it and like true, real, authentic inspiration of like, I really want to do this. Right. I would, I want to run a marathon, yeah. you know, I want to take part in something like this. Right. I think that's really impactful. And I'm, that's what I'm so, so excited to share with, yeah. with the world. So, yeah, that's cool. Love. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my future to, like, or what am I doing 
to stay creative in the future, right? Or what yeah, like, I... do you have, have you had any kind of, like, long-term, like, this is what I want to do someday? Like, for me personally, I've, um, you know, working towards becoming, like, a professional um, narrative commercial cinematographer. I want to work on big sets. I don't want to just do this kind of, like, solo-type filmmaking, which I enjoy, but, you know, I do want to be able to have, like, a crew and, you know, have big lights and, you know, big diffusion panels and neg and all that stuff and be able to, to do that. that that's kind of, like, my goal and my dream. Um, but I don't know if you had anything like that that you've kind of had in the back of your mind sort of thing of like I want to do this someday I mean I've always kind of wanted to be on really big film sets like even just this past week I watched all three Lord (laughs) of the Rings and I'm like really excited to watch all of the behind the scenes of those because it's just madness it's it's stunning and I was watching the behind the scenes for 1917 I think so cool on YouTube and it's just it's so damn cool like I just, yeah. I, yeah. And that, and so, I mean, long term. I mean, I would love to, uh, be on like film sets. Right. Like that's like, right. like that would probably be like my end all be all. Like I'm on a film set. Right. Great. Uh, but ultimately, and well, and also creative wise, like I kind of just want to own a production company or be a part of a production company. And it just makes yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not very like focused on like, no, I want to do narrative. I'm like, I'll make anything. Mm. Like, I don't mm. care if it's recipe videos. Mm. I don't care if it's old people homes. I don't care if it's this coffee shop that's down the road. I don't care if it's this realtor company that just wants to show off this this rental spot. Like, I don't, I don't really care about what I'm making. I'm just, I just want to make yeah. stuff. I just want to create, and I like, I've got that like, just constant like need to create something. Mm. Like, and I think. That the re- I think part of the reason why like my Instagram stories are so dang long sometimes is because I feel like I'm creating something right. on it. Like it's not necessarily incredibly entertaining. It's not super high tech by any means. It's just simply like I'm putting something out there, and that's what I love doing. I just I I I just have this in, in, innate need innate need to create. Yeah. Is that the right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, and I I think Bean Bean and I know each other very well, and we've known each other for geez like seven years <laughs> now. <laughs> and, uh, but I think looking at someone like me and my personality traits, I tend to be someone that kind of flies solo a lot, hmm. whereas Bean tends to be someone who likes to be part of a collective uh, and a team. Right. And so, if that were to apply to maybe what we would be doing that's film related in ten years. We, we've tossed out ideas of, you know, like maybe I do some of the visionary big picture storytelling and then we work as a team and Bean does a role of more of like uh, putting a team together, making actions happen. Right. And based on what he just said about like, I just want to be making something. This is where I want to be. It's good to know and have that self-awareness because I think a lot of people in this industry desire to be someone that's like a trailblazer doing the thing on solo whatever and i'm not saying i would be that person or even i will I, that i would be right uh, or want to be but to have the self-realization that you could be a part of a team in a different way right. is really cool hmm. um because as you know on any film set like it's really beneficial when you have someone in a role that like feels fulfilled in doing the thing that they're doing, you know, like if I just gripped on a set the rest of my life, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. Right. You know? Um, right. 
Mm-hmm. But, but if you have more of the idea of wanting to be a part of something bigger and just being a part of the team and feeling fulfilled that way, that's really cool because that's a unique perspective and one that could help you feel fulfilled in the work that you do. Yeah. Coming back to the wedding stuff, it's like a lot of people in the photography and filmmaking world will look at the wedding industry and say like, oh man, you're still shooting weddings. Oh, you know, like, and do the eye roll like, oh geez. Like I remember when I did that for two years (laughs) and I wanted to kill myself and it really makes me sad when I hear that perspective because of the rich experience that we have had in this industry and how fulfilling it really can be. Yeah. uh, If you approach it the right way. And really what it comes down to, and I think really drives across the board in any creative industry, in any industry at all for that matter, is the underlying motivation for all of us should be this idea of empathy. Right. Is whoever we're filming, whoever we're photographing, whoever we're teaming up with, and whoever we're a part uh, in it with, yeah. like we need to be driven by what they're giving us. You know, yeah. uh, When it comes to wedding photography, if you drive the story with empathy coming into it, knowing, okay, this is unique to them. This is something that they're experiencing as a standalone event. This is very unique to them. Uh, That completely changes your perspective because it becomes less about me as the photographer, as the filmmaker, and it becomes all about what they're seeing and experiencing. And when you do that, it becomes new and fresh every single time, as opposed to that skeptical, uh, you know, narcissistic, sour, perspective of oh i have to do this again right the same thing over again and again that could be applied to every single part yeah of the creative world you could be that way you could make it in hollywood you could be on a film set but every single movie that you do oh the same thing again or are you going to lean into the writer and the director and the story and what the big picture is and have empathy towards it yeah uh i think that's really what's going to drive us to like do our best best work right yeah Totally agree. And be fulfilled no matter what. Yeah. So these past few weeks have been pretty, pretty wild with the whole coronavirus and everything. I didn't want to start the podcast with that because like everyone's thinking about that. Everyone's talking about that. But I think I do. I think it's great to address that and kind of talk through that now, you know, with the social distancing and a lot of the United States having everyone stay inside as much as possible and only go out if you need to get groceries or whatever. How has that affected y'all's like wedding business? Because, I mean, a big part of weddings is people, and if you can't do that, and there aren't any weddings happening, how's that going? Oof. Um, <laughs> so I, I've had five weddings postponed, mm. most of them into the fall. Right. Um, right. Luckily, most of my weddings were all in the fall anyway. Okay. Okay. I almost didn't have. I had like. You know, I had a few in May and a few in June. Uh, and then that's really, and then like, I think I had like two in July, none in August. And then just like nuts, September, October, <laughs> November. Uh, so it, that, it hasn't been that bad for me wedding wise yeah. because, you know, we just moved them. I actually, this is really fun. So before Chicago or Illinois was shelter in place, uh, I had the, I had two weddings that like it was a Friday or Saturday, Sunday weddings at the end of March. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember I got 
like, you know, the, the coronavirus started happening and my couple, the two couples specifically were like, okay, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. And then once the, uh, okay, all the restaurants and bars were closing, you know, the, the cup, both couples were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to just go down to like 10 people. Wow. Because I think originally the administration said like 50 people and then they said 10 people. So when they said 50 people, both weddings were like, cool, we'll go down to 50 people. And then when they said 10 people, both weddings were like, great, we're going to go down to 10 people, mm. like just family and friends. And then both of the weddings, the, the reception mm-hmm. hall was like, nope, we're closing down. We're not going to do your oh. wedding because we can't. Oh. And so it was Friday and I'm sitting there and Pritzker just announced like, hey, shelter in place starting tomorrow at 5. Wow. So – I texted my bride and groom for that next day. I was like, hey, shelter in place tomorrow. Like, we can't do your wedding. Like, I know you wanted to do like 10 people, just your family. So what are we going to do? They're like, well, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> it was it was 2 o'clock. And they're like, do you want to shoot for 4? Like, do you want to just, just come over here and we'll, we'll get married? I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I like quickly grabbed all my gear. And then they're like, hey – uh, by the way, our photographer can't come. Can you do photo and wow. video? So I called Jesse and I'm like, Jesse, can you do video for this wedding? Like, I'll do photo. And he's like, cool, when? I'm like, in two hours. I was like, <laughs> get your shit. Like, let's go. And he's like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So I came, I picked him up. We drove out all the way out to the middle of freaking nowhere, St. Wow. Charles. And we shot this like 10 person yeah. wedding. Yeah. And like, and just did it. Dang. And and it was it was it was wild. It was like literally like everyone there was like, okay, we weren't expecting. The groom didn't even know he was going to get married. He was he was like at work. He he works in like a warehouse okay. or something. And his supervisor comes up to him and he goes, by the way, we're going to probably shut down. And then he looks at his phone and goes, actually, can I leave now? I got to go get a haircut because apparently I'm getting married in two hours. <laughs> and, and so he literally like goes gets like a quick haircut from his uh, his like brother or something who does haircuts or yeah. whatever. And then he shows up and he gets married. Right. Uh, that was the – I mean that was wild. Like literally the whole time we're inside. I'm like far away from people. I'm like whatever. Yeah. I'm like yeah. taking photos. Uh, and then everything – once that first shelter in place, it's like every wedding in the rest of April and May, all of them got postponed. Right. Uh, which is it's, – it's lame because I wanted to shoot them and now they're all right. in the fall. Uh the biggest impact I've seen is financially. Right. It, it right. I haven't been like negatively impacted. It's just null right. because right. I had like a lot of couples talking to me about booking their weddings and they've all like ghosted mm. every single one of them. Mm. And I have persi- I've been persistent. I've emailed them. I offered like a you know a discount. I was like, if you book in the next two weeks, like I'll give you a discount. And they none of them have reached mm. out. Uh, I did book one wedding yesterday for the fall, which is good. But most – and this isn't even just me at least. I know a few other people in the industry have been like, yeah, all inquiry, inquiries are dead. We haven't heard from anything from anyone. Weddings are being postponed. Some weddings are being canceled. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a bummer. Right. Uh, but I'm still hopeful because this will pass and we're going to be okay yeah. and it's yeah. going to be fine. Right. But right. it's going to take time before that all happens. Right. Uh, yeah. So I have legitimately nothing to do. Like I have nothing on my calendar until July 3rd. Dang. Dang. So yeah. And the and the problem is too, it's like, well, if I want to do some commercial work, 
it's got to be mobile. So I, I've got to like have people send me products or I've got to, I mean, I just, I can't s- basically see anybody. Right. So it's like, right. it's all going to be that commercial yeah. work. Yeah. So that, that's what's been happening in my Interesting. world. How about for you, Eric? Yeah, same story over here. Uh, pretty much all all April, May, and into June is postponed. Um, and kind of the overarching thing I'm trying to say to everyone and teach everyone is like, yeah, it sucks. Our industry is being affected. But literally every industry is being affected. Yeah. Every single part of our economy is just getting wrecked right now. Yeah. So you just have to look at it through a wider lens than just like your narrow tunnel vision yeah. and see like, okay, we're all, we're all hurting this much. We're all feeling it this much. And during this time is when I, I really like, I'm going to go into like dad and teacher mode. Like this is when it's really, really important that we're saving money right. for ourselves yeah. as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, as freelancers, it's, the most important to have a plan in place of what's going to happen when this stuff does hit the fan. Right. And uh, thankfully, I am in that position. And uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, started dabbling in you know YouTube two years ago and building a channel. Yeah. Now um, having a Patreon as well and something that's really affordable for people to jump on board with. Right but collectively can be pretty impactful for sure uh, financially for me. Right. Uh, that has been really helpful for me. And so that part of the diversification of my business is basically able to, uh, cover our budget as a family of five. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just kind of hunkering down and making more videos at home and sticking to my Patreon and, just kind of taking it day by day and seeing when we can get back to shooting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Has this, so obviously Eric, you have that kind of side hustle slash, you know, alternate revenue stream with YouTube. Um, Aaron, has that, has all of this made you kind of try to like dabble or look into other ways to make money, you know, aside from just, you know, wedding filmmaking photography? Uh, Yeah. I've been thinking about uh, need. Well, I've needed other, well, yeah, so I've always kind of had a lot of revenue okay. streams, whether because I mean, I, I do a ton of freelancing. Right. Like, I mean, I am constantly working with random people. I, I second shot like 25 weddings last wow. year. Like, wow. I, I also worked a lot with one of our buddies, Mike, with LiveSide yeah. Media. I mean, I worked yeah. like literally a full time job basically with him for half mm. the year. Uh, and so I wasn't until like, you know, this past couple of weeks. I've been like, oh, I have multiple revenue streams. Like they're, and it's all shooting. It's all me showing up and shooting right. something. Right. So now that I can't do that, <laughs> uh, I have been, I mean, I've been planning. I've been scheming <laughs> kind of like, okay, I can do products. I can, I can reach out to uh, like businesses where like, hey, I can show up to your business. Like you just leave the door unlocked or something and I'll do like 360 virtual tours of your place or I can make a video. Like no one has to be there. Like someone just has to let me in right. or something like right. like stuff like that. And, but that's really all I've been thinking because like, because the other part is like everything is right. shut down. Right. It's not like there's not much money out there that is being spent that I can go right. get. Right. And and so I, you know, it's been it's been like slight scheming. I've been trying to like finish out these last uh, weddings of 
like December. I had two weddings in December, like the near near Christmas. And so I'm getting those done right now. But other than that, I mean, it's been I I'm like I don't I don't know yeah. where I'm gonna yeah. get any more right. money. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, it's tough. Yeah. For so like so while in quarantine, have you guys tried picking up any kind of like watching tutorials on youtube or trying to like learn new skills with all this time because like for me when when all this stuff kind of started to hit and like oh you know we have to stay inside and you know there's no classes except online classes which means like i have just a lot more time i was like i'm gonna you know crank out these youtube videos i'm gonna be reading these books and be doing all these things and then you know i've, I've kind of looked back and i've been like i haven't done any of that i still haven't started this one youtube video that i have pretty much everything shot for i just need to freaking edit it and like mm -hmm. It's weird how not having these like set things in your schedule where you it's like immovable, you know, like I have something at one, like, you know, this podcast, like we were going to do it at one, which really helped me in earlier in the day to be like, all right, I'm going to get some stuff done so I can have it before, you know, I have it out of the way. But like without like classes and things like that and these, you know, different shoots that I have, like not having those has really impacted my schedule and my productivity very negatively, I've found. Yeah, without structure in your life, I think as just humans in general, we plan to go towards a lack of structure right. <laughs> and lack of productivity, uh, a lack of desire, motivation. Uh, when you are consistently put in the place where, you know, I'm literally doing this podcast from my bed <laughs> and I've been working from my bed and you can only imagine what that does to you psychologically. Right. Like, how are you supposed to be in a space of wanting to successfully complete work and new projects and new things that you've never done before right. from your bed yeah. that doesn't make sense like physiologically right. like it makes it makes zero sense that you're used to pattern you're used to routine used to going to your office you know going somewhere driving around and so that that lack of structure and accountability and confinement otherwise like has really driven me to like I've had days where I literally just sat in here and watched YouTube videos mindlessly. <laughs> and that's brutal because it's like, I need to be doing work things. Like I have my family on the other side of the door and I've, I've abandoned work. I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm not going to work the rest of the day. We're just going to, you know, do a board game or right. Legos or something. Yeah. Um, and I've had some of those same ideas like, Oh, well I'll, I'll make videos at half the rate. I could still make money on YouTube. And then I go to my YouTube AdSense, and everything is down. Right you know, 50% for getting paid to make videos. So I'm like, what's the incentive of making videos now right. even, you know, but at the same time, I'm still talking to brands. I'm still, I'm still signing up to make more videos. So that structure is sort of coming back That's and good. I'm finding like this month yeah. um, in April, like I will have some of those set uh, benchmarks to hit, yeah. which is good for me. Um, but I'm also just like getting back into running. I was really, really, uh, not doing well with it in the off season and yeah. now I'm getting pretty consistent That's good. and just signed up for a virtual half marathon that I'll just go run by myself nice. and then I logged my time online. So I've wanted, I've wanted to, uh, learn more after effects, uh, final cut pros free now for 60 days. So yeah. might as well like dive into that a little bit. Right. I have these ideas, but it's like, will they really come to fruition? We'll see. Yeah, I've I've made some music too, which has been fun. Nice. Um, but ultimately, I just don't want to put a lot of pressure on myself right now. Right. So I said earlier, like having a savings plan and having some other passive income floating in is really what helps me just kind of like hunker down and get through the season, so that when 
we can get back to work i can go full stride yeah how about you aaron but i'm also oh, sorry sorry <laughs> go for it i'm also feeling a also feeling a lot of anxiety about going back to normal life. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to feel that as well. Yeah. Uh, when you are able to go back outside and go do something and feel that rust, you know, like it's going to be challenging yeah. to like dive right back into, you know, your fast paced life that you had before. Right. You know, feeling the sweetness of binging Netflix all the time, <laughs> and staying home in your sweats. Right. How are you, Aaron? About what? Uh, just about like have you been able to kind of like maybe look into learning new skills reading books like trying to fill the time somehow yeah no not even a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) i am i am like 110 percent like not motivated not productive (laughs) the the highlight of my days are the meals uh i focus a lot of time on making like really great meals for me and my roommates um I I mean, I like, you know, I wake up at a reasonable hour, but I start like editing a little bit and then we play Call of Duty for a couple right. hours and then we get back to, I like sit down for like 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make food. So then I make food and then I make a coffee and then we play some more Call of <laughs> Duty and then my girlfriend comes over and we hang out and then, and then we go for a walk and then, and then we get back and then we make another meal and then, and then we hang out and we're having, and like, we're drinking some wine and then, and then <laughs> it's, it's literally college all over again. It, <laughs> And it's because like, and it, there's, there's no motivation because there's nothing keeping us right. going. You know, right. my, my thing always has been, if you're not motivated, just do one small right. thing, like right. one foot in front yeah. of the other. And then yeah. once you put that foot forward, you're going to take another step and another step. And right. step. The problem is right. the most productive thing we can do right now is make a really damn good meal. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's, it, you know, I start editing and it's like, it's there's i mean there's no there's no motivation there's no push like there's no like me like going to our studio and like seeing everybody and hey and then sit down and be like oh what are you making today like oh i'm doing this and then you're flying through and then you ask them like hey can you come watch this yeah that's great cool give me some critique great it's like none of that there's no accountability there's there's no accountability there's no flow even i mean even all my clients they're like yeah we we got nothing going on like we don't even care like i mean i had I sent off an email a couple months ago. I did a longer edit for a couple, and I was like, give me your feedback. They, two weeks <laughs> later, text me and go, oh, my gosh, we have yet to watch it. Like, we're just so not motivated to do anything. Like, when do you need to, when do you want feedback by? And I was like, whenever. They're like, honestly, we don't even care when you get it to us. <laughs> like, just take your time on it. And I'm like, that's how everyone is feeling yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. And and I, I the first half I lo- I was like yeah I'm I'm gonna like the first two weeks I was like yeah we're gonna I'm gonna be productive I finished one film I finished another edit I did this I did that and then once they were like all of April we're not doing anything I was like and that's right. it. it you snuffed out every ounce of motivation yeah. out of me now it's it's all gone and even with going outside and taking a walk and it's a beautiful day and you know it it's still it's I mean it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's been it's been weird for me too, um, you know, just trying to like fit everything into my day because it's like I I do have so much more time because like a lot of my online classes have switched to these online lectures that are only like thirty minutes long instead of an hour, and so it's like I have you know quantifiably more time, but 
I somehow run out of time every day. Um, and so it's been weird trying, trying to figure out how to balance that and try to try to manage my time better. Um, one thing that has been nice is like I have these videos that like have kind of been like I promised, you know, one brand this, this video, you know, to send some free gear or whatever. And so, you know, now I have some time to finally put those things together. But like it's just been weird trying to like having so much time yet feeling like I have no time at all. It's just been it's been really, really weird. What are your guys' thoughts as far as, you know, once things do kind of switch back to normal, are you guys, like, planning on just hitting it, like, hard right away or, like, going to try to, like, ease back into it? What's kind of, like, your plan for, you know, bouncing back? I'd like to ease back in. Mm. Yeah. I'll feel way too overwhelmed if I just try to hit the ground sprinting. Right. Uh, And I know a lot of people are going to try that. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to burn, crash and burn. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really important for all of us to just take it slow. Don't overwhelm yourself with work because especially for us in the wedding industry, when all these events are being postponed to the fall, you're going to be working double time in the fall. Right. I have 17 weddings in September and October. (laughs) That's absurd. Wow. I have, I have multiple triple headers and almost every single one's double headers. That's absolutely absurd. So it's like my fall is going to be miserable. So the first half, I'm just going to have to chill because I have to mentally prepare. Like, all right, this fall is going to be nuts. <laughs> so let's go, baby. But yeah, this, yeah. Also, communication with your clients is going to be imperative because they have to realize, hey, things are going to take twice as long now. And they just have to be understanding to that. Right. And unfortunately, as us creatives, we sign contracts that maybe have a clause that say, hey, your delivery's by this date. Right. So you might even need to contact your clients and say, hey, there's this one clause in the contract that says this. Mm-hmm. Can we sign off on an amendment due to COVID-19? Right. And I'm sure everyone would just be like, yeah, we understand. Right. You know, yeah. Um, if you feel weird about I mean, obviously, most clients are just going to be understanding. Right. And if you if you get some sort of review that's like he took forever to edit or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd be like, um, here's the real story. Right. Yeah, this was during the coronavirus, so no one's going to do that. Yeah. I found that all of my clients have been really understanding mm-hmm. and very loving in this right. moment. Mm-hmm. It could be partly because I, I really make sure I book. Uh, the only people I book are uh, under the same mindset as me or like really, really kind and loving right. and, and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so all of my clients so far that have postponed have been incredibly sweet and incredibly kind. Like some I even offered to pay me more money. Wow. Because they were like, we wanna, we want to help you in this time Dang. of need, uh, and so I said, obviously you don't need to because I don't think this is like, it's not like you're you're choosing to postpone right. and you're choosing right. a new right. date. So I have obviously not taken any of the money, but everyone's been so helpful and so understanding, yeah. and uh, and so that's been really really nice about right. right now. Yeah, it's just been a really really weird time, and I can't wait to everything to go back to normal it's been weird too like with with school things like there is right now so last semester i was i was dp on this one um senior thesis film and it's the second semester where they do all the, like cutting it together and stuff and you know there are computers that are they're okay um, I, I mean like i think my macbook pro is better than like the best imac they have in there but um <laughs> they you know they have like you know a editing suite a color suite sound sound engineering room or whatever but like 
they can't go there anymore. And so, like, they're just trying to get people to, like, install DaVinci on their own computers and stuff, which most students don't have the most beefed-up computer, um, especially if they're not, you know, already working professionally, you know, creating stuff with their computer. It doesn't really make sense for them to have, like, you know, a top-of-the-line 16-inch MacBook Pro. And so, like, it's super weird for that as well. Like, I'm – so I'm doing color on that film, so I, I still have to do it. It's due by, like, Thursday. But um, <laughs> um, it's a short film, so it's, I'm not too worried. And, you know, most, most of the stuff has been – you know, it, it's, it's almost done. But anyway, um, it's just been weird, like, for those students, too. And, like, for, like, with PT, with the, the Marine Corps PLC program, you know, it's just PT on your own. We, we finally have a PFT, like, a, a fitness test on in, like, two weeks. Um, but but it'll be weird. It's been weird not having that sort of regularity of, like, getting up at five um, and, you know, having that as, like, the start of my Tuesdays and Thursdays anymore. So that's been weird. It's also been weird on campus to see, like, so many people out running. And I'm like, cool, good for you. But, like, yeah, it's just, just awkward to see so many people just, like, always running. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> just been a weird shift to the campus. Well, it's like campus. I've, uh, I've been seeing when I've been, uh, like, on the boosted yeah. board riding around. Yeah. There, there's two types of people right now. There's the, the actual runners. Right. And then there's right. the people who are like, oh, I'm going to take this time right. to run now. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like you can blatantly tell like it's almost like if I started running right now, <laughs> same idea. It's like I see so many people like that. I'm like, I'm not a runner and I know you're not a runner either. You're just taking this right. time to like, no, oh, I can yeah. do it now. It's weird yeah. too with the campus because it's like it's almost as if the campus is more lively in the mornings and evenings because of all the runners because normally if it's if you're out that early maybe you'll see one person over the entire like square you know 1.5 kilometers or something like that but um, I, I know that because i just wrote a paper about my, my school i don't have that off the top of my head normally but that is besides <laughs> the point basically it's weird to see almost more people out now obviously distance and it's weird too when you're running and you like make a super big like you know circle around them so that you don't like come within 10 feet of them or whatever but um it's been it's been really weird and you know again like looking forward to when things shift back to normal but uh thanks so much for coming on the podcast i'm super pumped for for you guys to be on um where can people find y'all on the internet uh just my name i'm pretty much everything i don't have i'm one of those people that doesn't have the same handle on every single same and i hate it (laughs) (laughs) but if you just search up my name you can find me everywhere e-r-i-c eric Floberg F as in Frank L O B as in Bill E R G. That's how I give my pizza orders. <laughs> <laughs> I need to order Luminati's shoot. Yeah, I uh so yeah, my I Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is nonsense, <laughs> but it's literally just I am Aaron Bean on every nice. platform, nice. I think. I mean, yeah. Uh yeah, so DM me, tweet me. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and um, good luck with staying sane in the quarantine. Freaking well, man. You too. Thanks, man. Well, that is it for today's episode of Creative Aperture. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys got something out of it. Definitely check out Eric and Aaron um, on YouTube and 
Well, that is it for today's episode of Creative Aperture. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, definitely check out Eric and Aaron on the internet. Uh, they both make some fantastic wedding films. So if you're getting married soon, definitely hit them up. Well, I guess not soon because of the pandemic. But if you're getting married after the pandemic, definitely hit them up. Um, they make some fantastic stuff as well as uh, Eric making some fantastic YouTube videos. So definitely check them out. Uh, the links will be in the podcast show notes. If you're looking for some music for your YouTube videos, for your podcasts, for your short films, whatever, definitely check out Musicbed. That's where the music for this podcast has been coming from, and that's where all the music on my YouTube channel comes from. It is a fantastic website to get really high-quality, fantastic music. Um, If you check out the link in the description, not only do you help out uh, the podcast and my channel and everything like that, but you also get 30 days for free. So definitely do that link in the description. Thanks for listening, everyone, and talk to you guys soon. (laughs) 